Aloha, and welcome to The Word of Hope, with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel, Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today, Pastor Ralph is back with a message entitled, My Inheritance from God, where in Ephesians chapter 1, we'll begin with verse 11. And now, here's Pastor Ralph. Let's just take a moment and read Ephesians chapter 1, and it's verses 11 to 14 that I want to talk about this morning. It's a pickup from where we were last week, and Paul says, Furthermore, because of Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us from the beginning. Now, I don't know what that does to you about your self-image but that you would not be a Christian if God hadn't chose you and and singled you out to be his own. And he says he causes all things to happen just as he decided long ago. God has a pattern. God has a plan. And it's a bigger plan than you can see. Sometimes that plan involves going down in the valleys. It's not always on the mountaintops. But God still has a plan and he has a purpose for us. And he goes on to say, That God's purpose was that we who were the first to trust in Christ should praise our glorious God. Let's shorten that sentence. God's purpose is that we would end up praising him, that we would end up thanking him, and we would end up worshiping him. That means he has something good in store for us. And he says, and now you have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit of God is, watch this, God's guarantee that he will give us everything that he promised, that he has purchased us to be his own people. This is just one more reason to praise our glorious God. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he'll give us everything that he has promised. And in the first verse that we read, it says, because of Christ." We have received an inheritance. There's an inheritance in store for us. And the spirit living in us is a guarantee that these things are going to take place in our life. Let's stop and just pause and and back off and take a look at the Christian life. I want you to, to, to understand the word grace, although it doesn't appear in the chapter that we're looking at. If you don't understand grace, you'll never understand Christianity. Grace means that God loves you just because you exist. You know, this morning my wife and I were out in the patio and, and, uh, and, and eating breakfast and she had a little bit of egg left on her platter and our cat was sitting there and, you know, we've been gone for three weeks and, and cats are weird, you know. It's like you go away and they come home and they want to be part of the family and so she's everywhere that, that my wife is. She just follows around and, and Ruby reaches down and puts a plate with egg on it and says, here, I'll give this to you just because you're so beautiful. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, sure. You know, (laughs) but uh, that's grace. Think about a parent, an adoptive parent or a a birth parent, that you bring this little bundle of nothing home. I mean, you you know, a baby is useless. Have you ever figured that out? I I mean, they're they're an eating, sleeping, pooping machine. That's all they're good for. And, and, and you bring them home and they can't do a darn thing that's useful around the house. They, all they do is, 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 is consume. They take from you. They don't give to you. And, and, and almost immediately you're there going, ooh, goo, goo, thank you, and all that. That's grace. 
That's somebody loving somebody because they exist. And if you can't get that one through your head, you're going to spend your life on an endless treadmill trying to somehow please a God that you don't understand because you don't get hooked up with the fact that he loves you just as you are. Are you with me? But we move, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, we move from grace to here's another word, ownership. Now, a child in the home, there's a sense of a parent stewarding that child and, 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 and not really owning them, but owning them in the sense that they're my child and that I'm to care for them and I'm to look out for them and I'm to direct their footsteps and I'm to direct their life and I'm to direct their activities. And, and, and that begins to relate to this word that the Bible uses called holiness. What does the word holy mean? Set apart for. This is a child that's set apart for me to raise. This is a child that's set apart for me to love. This is a child that's set apart for me to direct. And God calls you his own. And he has set you apart for his purposes and his plans. And his plans and his purposes are good for you. And he wants to bless you. But we need to understand that if we're going to get to a place of maturity in the Lord. If you don't understand holiness, if you don't understand what it means to be called and set apart by God and that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, you're never really going to have a Christianity that matures and never counts for anything. You're going to be stunted in your growth. Now, here's another word that comes to mind, and it's a Bible term. And, and it doesn't sound as religious as holy sounds to some people, but it's very, very significant. It's the word obedience. Again, think of a family. Who's going to get the treats? The kid who obeys or the kid who disobeys? Who's going to get the extra freedom on the weekend? The kid who's obedient or the kid who's disobedient? Who's going to get, as they're growing up in, in, in terms of adolescent years, their, their curfew, their time that they got to be in or whatever, raised or lowered? The person who's obedient is going to be the one given more freedom. The person who's disobedient is, is the one who's getting more restriction put in their life. Do you understand that? Now, a lot of Christians don't. And a lot of people will, 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 will get off on grace and that's all they get off on. You know, there's some of us that unfortunately never understand grace and we always go around feeling guilty about every move we make. That, that person needs liberty. But there's some of us that, you know, back when I was a hippie, we called it Spacey Gracie. You know, we go, I can just do anything I want and the Lord's going to bless, you know. And that's not true. You come to maturity. It's like a child in a home. You got your chores. You got things laid out for you. And as you do those things that your parent has laid out for you, blessings begin to come. And now we move into this next phase where we begin to receive the blessings of God. But there's a process of maturity that goes on from, from grace to, to understanding a calling, holiness, to understanding obedience, to now the blessings begin to pour down in my life. And ultimately, there's an inheritance that God has for us. And, and if you think about the day that the, the fateful day that the lawyer unseals the envelope and reads the will and says, this is the inheritance, who's going to get the inheritance? The kid that was the obedient kid that went along with the program or the kid that basically said, I don't give a rip and I'm going to do my own thing. Who gets the inheritance? It's pretty obvious, right? 
And so the Lord says here that he has an inheritance for us. But I want you to understand that along the way to the inheritance, there's a process. And it's a process, and every one of you knows exactly where you are in the process. You know if you're a person that doesn't get grace and, that you, and you're struggling with that and, and you're fearful of God all the time. You know if that's you. And, and you just need to come to understand that God just loves you the way you are. But if you have stalled that grace and all you're trying to do is, is live off the grace of God without ever engaging the call and the, and the purpose that God has for your life, you know that that's where you're stuck. And you know then what you need to do in terms of just saying to the Lord, I recognize your ownership of this life. I recognize your ownership of my business, of my cars, of my house, of, of my relationships. Lord, you're, it's yours. I'm yours. But if you've, if you've stalled out there and you're sitting around reveling in that you belong to the Lord and, and then you're not living out that calling by obedience, well, then you know that that's where you're at and that's where you, the growing point is and that's where you need to push it a little bit. But if you're the place where you're doing all of those things and they're working out and the blessings are raining down, uh, well, that's good. That's good. But you need to know that there's more, that God has even more of an inheritance in store for you. I was reading Psalm 34 this morning, and, and it, it goes, it's so reassuring that, that the, the righteous person will never be left desolate. The righteous person, the person who walks with God, will always have plenty, will always have God alongside him. You go through troubles. It says in Psalm 34, many are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. Well, man, that's the inheritance. This is God coming alongside and doing everything we would want him to do. Well, let's take a look at this passage in Ephesians. The first part, as we get into it, I called chosen to inherit God's goodness. It says, furthermore, because of Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. I want to just stop and focus on that little clause that says, because of Christ. And, and, I, and I, want to, I want to push your thinking. I want to stretch you just a little bit this morning. Do you know that every civilization on the planet, if you go back far enough in its history, has a history of human sacrifice? For whatever culture you look at, there's a, there's, a, there's a point in their history that because of fear of the gods, which I'm going to say are demons. They were killing people to somehow placate the gods and make sure next year's harvest came in. But you know that wherever the gospel has gone and it's, and it's conquered, wherever the, 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 the good news of Jesus sacrifice, the son of God dying in our place has gone, the first thing that goes out the window is human sacrifice. The first thing to go is that. Now, there's a lot of other placating that people do, and that needs to go away too. But, but, the, but it's, it's, it all points to Christ. It all comes back to Jesus and who he is and what he did. You cannot have Christianity without Christ. You cannot, that's called liberalism, Christianity without Christ. is basically the gospel without the cross. Uh, but it doesn't work. In the end, it doesn't work. It has to center on there's a supernatural God who loves you, who made a great sacrifice for you, and who's willing to go to the mat for you when you're in need. Because of Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. 
I gave you a scripture, and if you would write it in your Bible, write over the word inheritance, if you can write that small. It's John chapter 10, verse 10. It's one of my favorites. It's Jesus says, I've come to give you life, and, to, and in the King James it says, and, and life abundantly. And in, in this translation it says, I think it, it's that I came to give you life in all of its fullness. What do you need? God wants to give it to you. You know, where do you hurt? God wants to heal the hurt. I was talking to somebody this morning who's going through the pain of a divorce that they don't want at all. God doesn't want that divorce, but God also won't violate the will of that other person. And coming out of the pain, I'm seeing my friend grow and mature, and, 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 and it's incredible what's happened to this man. I'm watching God's grace be poured into his life, and I know that God has a future. I know that God has a hope. I know that God has something wondrous in store for this person. As we go with the program, God's going to bless us, and he's going to bless us to abundance in every area of our life. It goes on and says, Because of Christ we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us from the beginning. That part never ceases to amaze me. Before I knew him, he knew me. When I was a little boy, I lived across the street from a church. And it was a church where they actually didn't believe that the scriptures were the word of God. And, 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 and yet I was intrigued by it. I was like four or five years old. And I just had this longing in my heart to go into that building. Now, when you're five years old, you don't know what the world's all about. You know, I mean, it, you, you don't sit around with a longing to go in a supermarket or, a, you know, a, a longing to go into somebody else's house. But that building, just something about it attracted me. And I started begging my parents that I could go over there and go to that church. And my dad starts taking me to Sunday school, which is walking me across the street, dropping me off and leaving me, which lasted for two weeks until he met the pastor and he found out the pastor didn't really believe in God. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and my dad, one thing about my dad is he's, he's, he, he can't stand hypocrites. And he and that pastor got into a shouting match on that sidewalk that day that the echoes are probably still running around in the heavenlies someplace. And as a result of that, my dad ended up reading the Bible. And my dad ended up listening to Christian radio broadcasts. And my dad ended up taking me to church and we found the Lord together. God engineered the whole deal. God engineered and set you up to become a Christian. He loves you and he's called you and he has an inheritance for you. It goes on and it says that he causes all things to happen just as he decided long ago. You know, if you want to do a study in, in God working with cultures but also working with individuals in the middle of it, go read the book of Jeremiah. You see the life of Jeremiah the prophet, his friend that was a scribe that wrote down everything. And you see that God is, is concerned with nations and with kings and with power and with politics and with all of that. But he's equally concerned with these individuals. And he cares about you as an individual. He cares about us as a country and as a state. And he wants good things to happen for us. Does that make sense to you? You know, yesterday I, I read uh, in the newspaper that, th that there are more people employed in the state of Hawaii now than ever in the history of the state. And we have suddenly got super low unemployment. And I'm sitting here going, I think this has something to do with that Christians all over the state 
are, are, are building these little prayer cells, you know. It's, it's actually starting to happen around zip codes. There's, there's about 18 zip codes now where they've organized uh, the kind of prayer that we're doing here. And, uh, it, 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 and I think it's beginning to take a toll for the good. But God has these things in store for us, and he's laid them in store long ago. What we need to do is put the key in the lock and open the door and find the things that God has for us. Verse 12 says, it's God's purpose. It says that we were the first to trust because they were where we live long after. So let's just shorten the sentence. It's God's purpose that we should praise. Excuse me. I got so many notes written in my Bible here, it's hard to read the text. He says... It's God's purpose that we should praise our glorious God. And when you start talking about God's purpose that we should praise him, I, I want you to, to think about praise and worship and, and what it does. The, the, the first thing is I want to come back to the family illustration. If I praise my father for the things that he has done in my life, my father now is, is 83 years old. And when we talk on the phone and I take time to thank him, uh, I can bring, I know I can hear the, the, the tears in his voice. It does something to him when I honor him and I speak words of praise. And when you praise the Lord and you take time to thank him and you take time to honor him for who he is and what he does in your life, you're doing something to the emotions of God. You're doing something to the heart of God. And by the way, selfishly, that'll get you closer to the inheritance, right? But I think praise does something else. When I praise the Lord, it builds my faith. I don't want to miss worshiping with you guys on Sunday morning. And I've been away for a couple of weekends. And I was, I was in New Hampshire running a pastor's conference. I, I had a conference I was supposed to attend in Washington, D.C. I got into to Washington and had to jet back to L.A. for an emergency meeting with some other people. And then came back and then had a vacation for a week in Washington. But one of the things that I miss the most is just being with you and worshiping the Lord. It's one thing to be together in fellowship. I love that. It's another thing to be together and praise and worship the Lord because it does something to my spirit. And what it does is this, it builds faith in me. And we need to find ways of worshiping and praising God and expressing that praise because as we rehearse the goodness of God and what he's done, it gives us faith for the future. And, and we have, we have a, a context to, to build our faith in and to, to learn to unlock the treasures that are there in heaven for us. Does that make sense to you? You know, I, I, I think you worship the Lord by, by singing. I think you worship the Lord by thanking him. I think you worship the Lord. I, I keep a journal and, and I write down prayers. And I, as, 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 I, as I come back and I check off when the Lord answers the prayers and I thank him, uh, that's another way of worshiping the Lord. And doing so builds our faith. I think there's only really two ways of building your faith. I think one is, is, is by, by praise and worship. The other is by going over the scriptures. The Bible says that, that uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What I'm doing this morning in teaching you the scripture ought to be building faith in your life. And it ought to be strengthening you and helping you come to the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 and 6 I put on the screen. Verse 1 says this, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm quoting from the King James. Faith is the substance, there's something to it, of things hoped for. 
Faith is not some spacey, gracey thing. Faith is not just some religious talk. Faith is not hot air. There's weight to faith. Now, when I say weight, I don't mean W-A-I-T. There's that sometimes. I'm talking about W-E-I-G-H-T. There's a weightiness. When, when God speaks to you and says, this is going to happen, or this, is, this could happen, you, there's something that happens that, that wells up. It's almost like the air that's in your chest is heavier than it was before. There's this weight. I remember when God spoke to me very dramatically in a vision that I was supposed to move to Kaneohe and start a church, and I was to do it five years from the time that I had the vision. And in my heart, I could see you guys. I could sense what we would do. And it was just, it was a weight upon me, a good weight. But it was just, it was, it was like something was inside of me that had substance to it. And, and you can't imagine the number of people that tried to talk me out of it. You can't imagine the number of people that told me that I was, I was into too good of a thing in California and I needed to stay there. And, and, and then church in California got this pipe dream that I'll get this Hawaii thing out of my head if, I, if I, they, would, they would be willing to fly me here every Sunday afternoon, right after Sunday morning church there. We could hold service here and then I could fly back on Tuesday. And they'd support that for two years until I could raise up another leader here and, and then just go back there and leave you guys to be. And, and it was like, you know, then, then we moved here and nobody would rent us any space. And, and, uh, and we started church on the beach. And, and then people were telling us, you'll, you'll never see a congregation grow in Kaneohe. There's never been a large church. There's never been a church other, other than St. Anne's. It's over 200 people. You'll never see a Protestant church grow in Kaneohe. You know, just, you know, keep put you down, put you down, put you down, put you down, put you down. But there's this weight in my heart. There's this substance in my heart. God spoke to me. God called me. And when I say God spoke to me, you know, God speaks in a lot of ways. There are visions. There are times that God puts a sentence in your, in your mind, and, and you know it's him talking. It's your mind, but it's him talking. There are times that it gets more dramatic than that, but there are times that it's less dramatic. That it's just a heavy conviction of something, and you just kind of have a sense of it's going this way. And that becomes a weight. You know, we got this thing. We know that we need a youth center. We know that we're, that we're starting to brim over with junior high kids again. And we, we filled up that little trailer over there before, and then it all shrunk back because we couldn't sustain it. We know we need a youth center. And church council starts talking about a youth center of uh, oh, five, six months ago, and, and it, it's time to go ahead and build. And, and then a couple months ago in the meeting, somebody pops off with, you know, this thing here is starting to show signs of wear, and it is. It's, it, 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 there's, we have a prorated guarantee for 20 years in this tent. We're five years into it. That's on the skin. The aluminum will last, but the skin, five, 20 years. And, and it's a monster to replace the skin. You know, this, you don't do that in a week. And uh, things starting to leak. And it's leaking in places that cause the carpet to smell real bad. It's leaking in other places that want to get into the electrical. It's, it's, it's starting to go south on us. And so the church council comes back and, 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 and it's like, we, you know what? We need, to, we need to lay plans for the whole show. And something goes off inside of me and goes, it's doable. It's doable. And I'm running around with this weight of faith. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. We're going 
We're, we're exploring the possibilities. We've talked to an architect. We found a guy. We want to do steel buildings. We found a guy that, that specializes in making prefab steel buildings look beautiful. And we saw one. And it's really cool. And so there's just something about it. It just, it just stirs you up. And you can be in a crisis and, 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 and things, everything looks gloomy and awful. And, and something just comes over you that just causes you to, to have faith. The, the, the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You know it's going to turn out right. Does that make sense? I, I, I know a woman that was going through a problem and, and everybody wanted to pray for her. And one guy I know that the, really the Lord uses him to pray for the sick. And he refused to pray for her. He said, no, no. You're not. You, you're gonna. It's all gonna be okay. I'm not even gonna pray for you. And you know what? It all turned out okay. <laughs> and he never prayed. And that is this business of faith. And in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse six says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God." So you and I need to be stoked in our faith. How? By praising the Lord. By being in His Word. Uh, by taking these things to heart and acting them out. And as we do, we gain faith. We grow in faith. You've been listening to The Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel, Kaneohe. 